You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and MERPS. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adwickdale. This is MERPS. Hello. Uh, let's keep this a short one because if you guys don't keep up with a day-to-day updates last week there were only about three days of updates before they're doing a bigger card dump and we don't have the core set released yet that'll be the tuesday so that'll be the fifth like we said before the core set means a lot uh the core Mm -hmm. set really really dictates how the meta is going to look I'm sure there's going to be some cards in the dump that are going to be very arena-worthy that they don't care about and constructed. We don't know what the rotation is. We might not know what the rotation is even on Tuesday. This is something in which I can see them not really telling us at all or telling us until very, very soon. So a lot to be be said. And if you just look at the cards that came out last week uh you know we know Silence all the mechanics everything now. yeah that smothering starfish is the one that you want to focus on if you want to focus on anything smothering starfish is a three mana two four beast battle cry silence all other minions and it's, it's a neutral epic it's a neutral that's, epic right that's what makes it interesting but, so, but it's like we don't need to talk about it here right because we'll talk about it next week yeah. just like we're going to talk about all the class cards next week um like I'll, I'll say it right now the starfish is not going to be like like the diver uh, like the pirate diver we're not it's not in ban this right now kind of like territory um so uh we'll we'll, we'll get there and uh next sunday is going to be a huge day right Murps was talking about the core set that's gonna be huge if we have news on the meta that's gonna be huge we may not even have news on the meta by sunday much less by tuesday it's entirely possible they just don't tell us anything about Arena until the actual patch notes that come in on launch day, where they're like, oh, well, here's what cards are in the Arena. All right. So that's where we're at. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys are nervous. I've seen a lot of complaints already on what the next meta will be like. You should be nervous. I share those with you guys. I completely understand why everybody is nervous. Uh, for now, though, we don't know way too much information. Uh, but mm-hmm. we do know that as for now, um, I don't think they have like a dedicated team working <clears throat> on arena. I'm, I'm guessing that it'll be the way it is. I would be very surprised if we had something like, um, Blackwing in which it was just banned before it ever got the chance to hit arena. That decision is going to look weirder and weirder as just this like total outlier blip, uh, as we keep going. Uh, because it, it, it definitely wasn't like, I don't know, head and shoulders above so many other cards that weren't banned, but then later banned. So mm-hmm. I don't think we'll see that. Uh, and it's just weird to even talk about that, to reflect upon that, because it was like, how did that happen? Um, it, it's just very strange the more you think about it. Yeah, um, I don't agree that they haven't formed the arena team. I think there is an arena team. I think they're talking about stuff and looking at stuff, and I think things will happen. I I, I agree. I don't think it's going to get pre-banned, but I really hope it gets pre-banned. I hope that when they sit down and look at it and they 
you know, have hopefully at least some of the people in the arena have played arena before on a, in a serious matter for even like, you know, short periods, not in every meta. You, you, you know what's going to be problematic in arena. This one's not up for debate. No one is out there being like, oh, this pirate diver is going to be totally cool in arena. Every single person is like, this is going to be a shit show. And uh, it's just, when, when you get consensus like that, it's never wrong. When you get full consensus among the entire community, I, I can't remember the last time that that was wrong. And we have full, there's nobody out there that I've seen that's saying the pirate diver is not insanely good and should be banned. It's just, you could just look at it. There's various, like we talked about in the last episode, there are even multiple different ways that it is overpowered. Um, so hopefully that'll happen. But even if it doesn't happen, I think it'll get banned soon enough. Um, what will be interesting is if anything is announced on what happens in the arena future, which uh, I don't really expect at this point. But I do think that they formed the teams already. Because they were talking about forming the teams in like, December uh, before they left and then they came back that must have been one of the first things on their list after they dealt with the immediate stuff so the teams probably got formed I want to say in like February end of February it's end of March now I mean it's actually beginning of April now um so I, I think the team is formed and they have already done stuff like thinking stuff brainstorming stuff having meeting stuff so hopefully they're on the ball with this lunch um but everything's gonna change everything's gonna be different and I I want to highlight again that Blizzard has gotten really lucky when it comes to the arena in that the win rates of some of the top classes are very similar, even though Blizzard did nothing. And this almost never happens in a fresh meta. Uh, the lair of Anixia's lair, a mini set, launched into a place in which they didn't have to ban anything, they couldn't do micro-adjust, it didn't, and it's not a good meta, but you're still able to play three classes that are arguably all the top class, Mage, Paladin, Warlock. And then there's quite a few other classes that are also semi-viable in this meta, right? Like, you can you can do it, you know? Uh, are you going to get a huge win rate with uh, Shaman? No, but you're not dead in the water like you would be with, say, uh, Priest and, and Warrior. And I argue that Hunter is also not dead in the water, even though the win rate's lagging a bit. I think that's a, that's a player error kind of thing. Um, anyway... That's luck, because Blizzard has not, is not intentionally doing anything at all. So the odds of that happening is exceedingly low based on history. The amount of times that we had a top balanced meta where there were more than two classes, or oftentimes if there was even more than one class that is definitive tier one, uh, is ex very low. Blizzard usually has to hit the button sometimes multiple times to get there. And so I think there's a very high chance that this upcoming meta is going to be the first totally messed up meta if they don't touch it. So I'm hoping the team is ready. I'm hoping they're going to touch it. And uh, we don't even talk about it right now. Like we haven't talked about class balance really for, for a while because it hasn't been that much of a thing. The bigger focus is that the whole meta is messed up because of the power gaps that exist and the new power levels uh, and the dragons and whatever, the Anixias. But what we haven't talked about is that we are in a good class balance era and an absurdly good class balance era for Blizzard having done nothing. So fingers crossed they're going to do something in this next meta or that they just like get super lucky again. Because this happens maybe once every like 10 metas, maybe once every 8 metas. Like it's unlikely to happen again.
It's also easier to happen when you just naturally introduce huge swings. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have spammies and BGHs. So if they want, they could introduce something like that. The closer you get to every card being a coin flip, as in like, oh, 50% chance for either one of us to win the game, the more balanced the game looks by its statistics. Uh, so they could just do that. If they just wanted the numbers to look nice, that would be a possibility, as in every single card costs one mana and the battle cry is flip a coin, the winner of the coin flip wins uh, this match. Uh, we're obviously not there, very far, far from there, but uh, it's, it's one of the things in which uh, you look at the win rates, they're really not that bad. They really aren't. I don't know what the internal win rates are because they always seem to be quite different whenever Ixar gives us any insight. But I think internally they would look at it and be like, oh, it's not that bad. Uh, we've certainly had historical moments that were really bad, feel bad, and by the numbers are bad. This is a bad as in just like, uh, wow, sometimes your deck feels like you can't do anything. Uh, and then you'll face somebody who maybe was just dead in the water and then discovered an RBO, and that feels bad. Yep. Um, all right, let's let's move on from the arena talk. We're excited. We're going to be here talking about arena for like eight plus hours uh, on Sunday. It's going to be it's going to be quite a lot of stuff because all the cards are going to be dumped. Um, all the remaining cards are going to be dumped. All the core cards are going to be there, and then we'll know what rotates in, what rotates out um oh it's gonna be so much it's gonna be also an extra long uh kind of session that that we're going to be doing even by our normal like dying uh, so many hours of recording just because we have to do the core set too we won't do every card in the core set but any new cards we'll we'll go over uh on sunday and then we'll also talk kind of generally about what's in and what's out right so that's it for Arena. Let's talk about BG. So we haven't talked about BGs for like a couple of episodes, but a lot of stuff has actually happened to BG. So let's let's catch us up before uh, before we head into our next episode next Sunday, which will be 100% Arena focused, no matter what happens to BGs. So let's talk about just the meta first. And I haven't really been playing BGs. You haven't touched BGs in forever. And let me tell you, if you were to come back to BGs, you would probably hate it. Uh, no offense, I don't think you would do very well. Um, there's a lot of new stuff to learn. There's a lot of APM to be done. Historically, you have not been great at the APM portion of BGs. I'm, I'm never sorry. good at APM. So, uh, that's not historical. That's that's persistent. I think a lot of players are just ready for a new meta, and by that I mean for buddies to be gone. To see something else, whether or not they want to bring in another mechanic, um, I, I think people are kind of ready for buddies to leave. Some people have different variants of this opinion. Some are just like, I need buddies gone, period. Some are like, buddies could work to some extent, but they haven't found the perfect way to balance them. There's so many moving parts, and it's sort of like, well, you can turn a hero, for example, like Elise, from not a good hero to a very very good hero with a uh, very smooth curve even like a very good end game with the buddy as well so it's tough it's tough to balance it it's tough to keep things into like these things in consideration when you add armor as well do you add it for the low mmr then you potentially mess it up for the high mmr right i, I would always say that armor is better than no armor probably 
but these are some things you want to think about. So I think a lot of people are just ready for a new meta, myself included. I'm always ready to jump back in, but this just isn't the meta for me. I think if you watch some streamers, some people are taking some time off. I know Sun is taking a lot of time off to play Slay the Spire, um, but I think one good thing that Blizzard has done is the first Lobby Legends. I watched it. If you guys don't know, uh, Lobby Legends, the first Lobby Legends concluded earlier today, and I think it was a big success. It was casted by Gia and Slissa, who, number one, did a great job. Gia is just a, a pro, and Slissa offered like very good insight on uh, the game state strategies that we might be looking at from these high-level players. We had really good gameplay from everybody. I thought the production was also good, switching between the, um, uh, you know, from one player's perspective to another. And of course, the format. I never knew about the check format until today. If you guys don't know, the check format makes it such that the Lobby Legends finals, or like, you know, finals for this round of Lobby Legends, um, and they played a lot to get here. First, you have to qualify for the ladder, and then there's uh, sort of preliminary rounds or beginning rounds, and today was the finals. Um, the check format makes it such that you need to accumulate 20 points first, and then after you accumulate 20 points, you need to get a first place in a lobby in order to win the entire thing. By that, I mean the tournament. So the first few rounds, like at least three rounds, right, is everyone just trying to get as many points as possible, jostling for position. And then as people get past the checkpoint, which is 20 points, they are now trying to high roll, get to first place uh, in order to lock up that victory. Spoiler alert, I'm just gonna, if you guys wanna watch it uh, from today, I think everybody was bracing themselves for a potentially very long day, long match, but Be Nice just took it immediately after he got the check uh, and then took it down with... Uh, um, Elise, you know, a, a pretty good high rolling hero. Uh, he was first to tier six, just crush everybody with Amalgadons. Once again, one thing that people are also a little bit annoyed at how easy it is to get Amalgadons in this meta, <laughs> but congratulations to be nice. Great win for him, even better win for Blizzard and the entire lobby legend system. I will say I was pretty skeptical of Lobby Legends when it was first announced. There are still lots of things that can be changed about Lobby Legends, I think, that can make it better, make the participants happier. But for the first time, uh, I wanna give props to Blizzard. I thought it was a very, very entertaining event. And in particular, what I like is kind of how involved the community is within it. I think it's a great idea that they have people like co-streaming uh, it. Like uh, they have approved streamers who can stream it and offer their commentary. I believe what they're going to do is keep on having like guest uh, casters. So this time it was Gia and Slissa. Next time it'll probably be somebody else, uh, probably a very established, knowledgeable, well-known streamer. Um, 
So I think that's something that they do really, really well. They're involving the, com the community. I know people love watching the end of uh, what a, a season. I'll call it like a Lobby Legends season where people are jostling for a top 16 spot in a region in order to get in. And that's super exciting. I know that uh, people were watching multiple streams during that. They were watching RDU. You know, they were watching uh shady um and for this like for this one that just passed everybody was on uh the edge as in any game could put them in or knock them out and it was like that for hours and hours this is exciting uh this is some good stuff that blizzard is doing also uh before i forget wanted to congratulate collins for being in the finals today and i know that he didn't mm -hmm. win but collins is a friend of the podcast making it to uh, making it into lobbying legends first of all then making it through the qualifiers into the finals that's already huge and we all know how big rng is in a format like this and the fact that collins keeps crushing it every single time winning getting close to winning i know we have that like colin second place meme uh it's just another example of how much he studies the game and how great he is at the game so you know shout out to our our buddy collins as well uh but how i brought much, up shady how much did the oh sorry go ahead uh, i brought up shady because he just qualified for the latest lobbying legends very excited for him want to see how he does and this is the thing, right? Like we have for Lobbying Legends, we have this uh, this synergy. You know, we have this like overlap of all of these streamers that we like watching mm -hmm. competing mm -hmm. in these events. And if you guys don't know, I used to watch a lot of Constructed uh, back when it was actually on Twitch, you know, before they moved it. To YouTube and then Constructed just became, you know, all about quests and it was just a little bit weird. I watched a lot of Constructed and it was fun. And, but one of the things was, uh, you know, I was watching all of these people. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, maybe they were invited. I don't know how they got there. There were people that I didn't know. And for BGs right now, I'm just like, oh, these are the same people who are on the leaderboard. You know, you are mm -hmm. playing in the same universe as them, essentially. Uh, so I thought that was just super cool. Um, I mean, that's the thing, though, with uh, Battlegrounds compared to yeah. in any limited format compared to a constructed format that is nearly, if not immediately solved. So if you just get everybody to kind of play, you're going to have a much wider range on the, the leaderboard. Whereas you could do a, a limited format um, and you're going to have a, a much tighter band when it comes to evaluating people's skills, because the skills just don't show through as well in uh, in in any kind of constructed format, um, especially at the top. Like if you're, it's it's that it's that tension where the more randomness you actually put into the base of the game, the less random the results at the at the end come out because you're you're learning to master that. Whereas in Constructed, there's nothing you can do to control the randomness uh, because it's constructed because you've already controlled everything. You don't have to react to stuff as much. So your skill is just, it's showing up less, even though you can dig into anything with a ridiculous amount of skill, right? And like memorization and figuring things out and all that. Um, you're, if you had the same system, 
for uh for for constructed and try to try to make the the top people go i think you get a smaller percentage of uh of the known people and a lot of the people that you see in the tournaments you don't you don't see uh you, you won't see because they're not they're not up there yeah um, uh constructed was also um a lot of the fight was the either won or lost before anything was ever played it was what mm-hmm. you submitted yeah. and what you thought the meta was going to be and you might enjoy that process uh but knowing how weak or how strong somebody's position was in the tournament and and here's the thing you could be wrong right like people Mm -hmm. are wrong sometimes and that's part of the fun of guessing but uh, i would say a lot of the times it was correct and then you you would see oh somebody brought a bad deck it was a mistake and they don't do well because of that mistake because they guessed incorrectly and uh, and uh people would try to guess it's like oh are people going to submit like the best ladder ones or are they going to submit the counter to those are they going to submit the counter yeah, it's rock paper scissors counter? yeah it's rock paper scissors and y- you know it's not exactly that simple as in there's like three options right it's like a b or c um and you can tweak it a little bit you can try it but uh yeah um a lot of the stuff that you that influences win rate is really determined once they submit their decks and then they play it out in the tournament and we're all hoping for surprises and cool moments but it is kind of uh for me a little bit of a letdown to know oh this person submitted just what is viewed from an expert point of view not from me from other people here as bad decks and therefore they are just at a severe disadvantage when going up against another person yep 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 so uh, well, my my question was, how much did Be Nice win? What was the top prize for uh, for Lobby Legends? I actually don't know. Uh, I I don't know what what this one is. Um, but it, I think it also goes to show that um, I because uh, for the constructed ones, they always keep mentioning it. Uh, for this mm-hmm. one, I don't know. They, oh, so they didn't mention it. You know, I didn't hear about it during the uh, the cast. I'm sure it was a decent amount, but okay. so the prize pool is fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is for this one specifically. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, okay. Top top is ten thousand dollars. Okay. Ten thousand dollars at the top of the prize structure. Uh, Collins, who you know, I mean, we're we're spoiling this anyway. So Collins, who got six, was at three thousand, and uh, ninth through sixteenth place got a thousand two hundred fifty each. Cool. So it's a pretty well, it's a pretty like spread out um, uh, prize system, which which is nice, yeah. especially when there's, <laughs> I mean, uh, w- within the game, right? Like, okay. uh, yeah, you, you get a lot of good players in. Um, and that's probably also why they didn't mention it that much because this is it's a good incentive and a cool thing right but it's not it's not making or breaking people to get first place over fourth it's not and i think they know that just by creating this environment and creating this opportunity people would want to do it like i'm sure mm-hmm. as competitors a lot of people just want to do it um, yeah. i find it fun. like i see in the chat somebody was like oh they won 50 that i'm like if you actually think that first place <laughs> got fifty thousand, i'm just like i oh uh, we are not there yet, right? We but are hey, not there they, yet. how many battle uh, battlegrounds lobby legends happens what once every month? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, two, two months? a little bit more spaced out. Yes, a little more spaced out. That, so that if you month. are like consistently on there, then you're gonna get this shot like quite consistently, right? That's You'll what's good sure. about having a Blizzard be the sponsor, or just any like reputable party that's stepping in and being like, all right, this is the way how esports is gonna be for this. Is you get that consistency, and when you get that consistency, you can you can build on that. You have some expectation of 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 the money, and obviously this is not. Talking about people who, uh, you know, who are uh, making it up there by by going on the ladder system, um, and they're otherwise not a professional. But for the professional players or streamers, uh, especially the ones that are not, you know, rolling in in the money, uh, this uh, this kind of consistency of like, hey, if I'm good at battlegrounds and then I make top sixteen in my region every uh, uh, every time, I'm going to get a good shot at like a couple extra thousand dollars, uh, and that that adds up. So this one tournament may not be particularly huge for for anybody, but the existence of this as a system for like the year and most likely going forward, right? At least until they make an announcement uh, again to change it, uh, it's 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 a very key part of building a uh, esports infrastructure. It's great. It gives a lot of exposure <laughs> to people that we already know. It'll hopefully grow people that we don't know. I, I think the perfect example of somebody who came onto the scene recently, and by recently, I mean not like in the past week or month or so, but like not one of the OGs, right? For example, Crip has been playing Battlegrounds mm -hmm. since forever. Collins was one of the first people to play it. Uh, but somebody like XQN is somebody who has not streamed the entire time, you know, has burst onto the scene uh regularly gets thousands of twitch viewers has created kind of you know a huge fan base who really believe in his skill for obvious reasons uh the man is just ridiculously good at bgs but i think this is what blizzard is looking for as well um you know they want these good stories and bgs has proven that it can make these uh creators and this could be like be nice's uh, big break as well. Be nice um, is a well-known player, very well-known player. If you play BGs, but doesn't have you know that giant following. For example, whenever uh, Victor streams, he gets a lot of viewers. XQN streams, he gets a ton of viewers. Um, but not everybody has exactly that following just yet. Uh, maybe be nice will after this. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else? We're moving on to question from the goat. All right. All right. That's that's it. Uh, that's it. All right. Where was we're, we're wrapped up on arena? Wrapped up on battlegrounds. Uh, we asked for a question from the goat directly from our Twitch chat audience earlier because we knew this was gonna be a short episode, and uh, we try to make it. I mean, normally we used to do over an hour every single time, and these days we've been trying to keep it under an hour if at all possible. But I still want to make it more than thirty minutes. So, question from the goat here, from the audience, from Happy Dude. Suggestion for question from the goat. Do you think slash believe in the common saying that money can't buy you happiness? So, as Iggy is all, licking himself in the background, uh, she is pawing at her bed. No, behind. she she's she's very scratch. Uh, She's very interested in scratching right now, um, but uh, first of all, okay, this is this is gonna sound uh, bad, um, 
But, like, so that's saying, like, money can't buy happiness. Um, I think a lot of people agree with it, but mm -hmm. they don't, un like, they're using the wrong word. What is, what is the relationship between money and happiness? Okay, because first is of all... Is that a better question? Yeah, money 100% can buy you happiness. Here's the thing that people are, like... Because, oh man, this is going to sound really bad. People try to, like, make themselves, like, sound deep or sound... Like, no, no, no. Money can 100% buy you happiness. Here's the thing. And here's the thing that what people, like, are thinking when they agree with this. It's like, oh, money can't buy fulfillment. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you replace the word happiness with, with fulfillment, I can get behind that a little bit. I, 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 I can understand that, right? And... Hopefully you guys understand the difference between happiness. So what do you mean by when you say money money can buy you happiness? What what happiness are you talking about? Okay. Adult, I'm gonna ask you a question. Mm -hmm. How happy are you every time you eat a slice of pizza? Okay. I am happier, but I, that's not what I think the the quote means. Like I agree. I am I am I am quite yeah, happy sure. when I'm eating a pizza. But that's pizza. the thing. When you have this quote and everybody is interpreting it like a different way, which that's what I believe. Is, mm. is going on. See, Everybody I think is of that as pleasure. Like, like, I think of that as, like, pleasure, right? It's literally, like, base animal instinct yeah. pleasure. No, like, no. what do you need to do as a, you know, you need to hunt for food, and then you need to hunt for sure, a mate. let's go beyond that a little bit. Like, people are happy, and they are comfortable, right? Like, he, all right, so here's 100%. Money can 100% in anybody's definition buy you comfort. Yes. 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 Can buy you comfort and stability and safety, right? Yes. And nobody, nobody can argue that. I think that is a large part of what happiness is. Mm. Uh, and then you add in the pleasure aspect to that, which everybody can agree. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can buy safety, stability, uh, comfort, and pleasure with money. Like, th there's no argument about that, right? Uh, you can buy a lot of those categories with it. I would say that makes up like the majority if not all of happiness and then you get to the part that everybody's thinking of which is fulfillment mm -hmm. uh and it's like okay i understand uh in order to be fulfilled as in like oh my life's purpose is to do this right uh yeah okay so you sure. put fulfillment as like this like spiritual fulfillment life purpose kind of fulfillment and you define happiness as a more narrow like not in pain and feeling serotonin spikes. Uh, or actually maybe just serotonin spikes, right? Like, yeah, is that, yeah. is that how that, you're going to define happiness? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, I would define that differently. I agree with you that um, fulfillment is what people are thinking of when they think, yeah, money can't buy you happiness because they're thinking like, oh, I know, you know, potentially rich people who are unhappy with their lives. So they have all the money. So they, they clearly are not using it to buy happiness, but they are using it to buy a whole bunch of stuff that I don't have. So money can't buy you happiness. It's... It can buy you a lot of other stuff, uh, like you said, the comfort stuff, right? I like how you defined it. Like money can buy you comfort and comfort, especially the reduction of stress and the increase of stability is a great base upon which you can uh, build happiness and gets rid of a lot of other bad things. But you need something more. Like you have to have more than just money because if you just have money, you can only get comfort. You can only take away stress to a certain extent, but you can't get what 
well, you would not call it happiness, but I would call it happiness. I think of happiness as in, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an American, um, the, the pursuit of happiness, right? Like what's guaranteed in our constitution? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are the three fundamental things that the government is kind of established for. Uh, and uh, they, that kind of happiness, I think they're not defining happiness as pizza and ice cream. I think they're, they're defining happiness more broadly than that as the ability to at least pursue your dreams to a certain extent, right? The ability to, to pursue, and by dreams, I don't mean like, yeah. you know, your, your whatever. I mean more and like that's your, your exactly internal dreams. what money gets you. It doesn't, the thing is, it doesn't guarantee that for you, right? Mm -hmm. So it gets you the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. happiness. Yeah, but money always no, money always gives you the pursuit of that and then sort of like, well, what what happens there? Uh that's that's a lot of like chance and and, and everything. Mm -hmm. But no, it, it buys it for you. As in like it gets you there and then It buys you the opportunity to pursue happiness. And it, it buys doesn't you buy that you opportunity happiness. as well. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. The opportunity to to uh, to to pursue. Yeah, yeah sorry. Well, you were saying it buys you the opportunity. I'm like, no, 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 it 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 buys the path to there. Not just the opportunity. Not just like the time. It buys the path as well. Because like whatever whatever you want, there's gonna be costs to it, right? Like so, and well, then not always, but many things, yes. Yeah, for many things, yes. For for a lot of things, yes. There are costs, and even if it's like, oh, it's about like just self improvement. Okay, do you want? It's like, okay, so you what? You want to read a lot of books? You want to, like, uh, do that? Well, no, no, you just read free stuff, and then you sit there and you meditate. That's sure. That's literally the path to happiness by one you, of the you, most prominent religions that. in the world. No, that, that's, um, that's great, and you pick that. If, mm -hmm. if you pick something a little bit more expensive, then yeah. oh, that's, that's wrong. Yeah, like, if, you're, if you don't have money, uh, Buddhism is an amazing way to go. Uh, but, but, again, you can't just doesn't work for everyone right you're gonna be more in tune with certain ways of happiness than others but i actually so i took a course on happiness because that's how i live my life um when i was uh, when i was in college i was also a philosophy major so it counted as credits but i took a seminar um for for three or four credits on happiness and it was it wasn't taught by Arthur Brooks. So if you guys don't know, Arthur Brooks is like the guru on like the academic study of happiness. He teaches at, uh, at Harvard. Um, he, I, I didn't go to Harvard. Uh, he was not my teacher. We just learned about stuff he wrote. I feel like that was like a quarter of the class was just reading Arthur Brooks' uh, earlier literature. But so I've, I've done a lot of uh, academic, um, not like research so much as people lecturing at me. I didn't do any independent research. Um, but it's it's like the, the stats and the surveys and everything that, that backs you up. The things that make people happier generally across the world, all cultures, all whatever, is um, having a family. And... That is the most, I want to say, like, backwards and weird thing. Because having a family is also the biggest cause of unhappiness in almost everyone's lives across all the world and all the cultures. You can just track, and people are basically whatever happiness they are, and they have children, and their happiness just tanks. Like, their day-to-day -day happiness just tanks. Like, they do surveys with people, like, on a weekly basis and, or a monthly basis or whatever. It's like, how happy would you rate your average day of the month? And then people are like, five, six, seven, whatever. Once they have a kid, it tanks. And it does not recover. 
You may think, oh yeah, babies are terrible, but like, you know, at a certain point you're fine. It doesn't recover until the kids are like 16 to 22 in developed countries. Like, that is 16 to 22 years for one child. And so you're going to, like, if you have, like, three children or whatever, it starts when the first one gets born and doesn't end until the last one leaves. Like, that is a large portion of your life where you never recover to the happiness of before you had children. But if you ask people in surveys what in your life gives you the most happiness, by and large, one, people answer their families, but also they're not lying because when you compare people with families and people without families, you also get the same huge gap that matches exactly with how people are self-reporting. So this goes to what Murphs is saying about having to find happiness, right? When Murphs is defining happiness, having a kid is terrible. It is like the opposite of ice cream. It gets in the way of your ice cream in all sorts of formats. But when you're looking at higher level fulfillment happiness, which is what Murphs calls fulfillment, I think people generally call everything happiness, uh, then having kids and having a family is one of the best things you can do, even when on a day-to-day -day level you're getting less ice cream. And you're also probably getting less ice cream because you have less money, because the children are taking money from you and not giving you anything back. Not to mention adding to your stress and then stretching your own resources thin on how to do whatever. So anyway, um, money can't buy you happiness, I think is absolutely true. Money cannot buy you happiness. It can set you up for the pursuit of happiness, but you gotta take that, you gotta take that last step yourself. And the more complicated relationship between money and happiness is that is not so much as can money buy you the entirety of happiness. Obviously, it can't buy you the entirety of happiness, but it can buy you some happiness. And if you have no money, you are going to have a much harder time to get to the happiness. But it also doesn't mean you can't. Like, I, I, I love using Buddhism because that's their whole philosophy. But it's not like in practice, especially if you're doing like Buddhist stuff in Southeast Asia. It's freaking awful. Um, Buddhists are the biggest scammers in the world. Just like in terms of the, the, the organized religion part of, of Buddhism. Uh, they're just there to take your money. That's their like entire purpose in life as far as I can tell. Uh, not to actually do like Buddhist meditation and stuff. Uh, but if you just follow the philosophy, it, that's what it's meant to do, right? You're meant to like not care about material possessions, things that money can buy you. You're not even meant to like, eat a lot um you should eat some right that's why it's called the middle path like the dude literally was rich and was fat and then was starving and almost dying and he's like oh neither of these are good and, and that became the basis for a philosophy which is uh which now we look at it and we're like yeah obviously but like i think back then it was uh, it was kind of a weird uh it was a weird uh philosophy to have because you had started with the easy path, which is everyone saying like, yeah, more is better, of course. And then there was this big following of this counterculture with the stoicism, which spreads beyond the Greek culture, by the way, uh, of people who are like the more intellectual and spiritual people who are more in tune with everything is like, oh, no, less is better, right? Like, uh, life is the avoidance of pain. Uh, and the Buddhism kind of flips it all both on its head by saying something very normal, but profound uh, for the time. Um, so, but yeah, uh, it's hard. It's hard to be a Buddhist. And, uh, it's even harder to be stoic. 
especially Thank in you. today's world. Okay, so first of all, this has got... <sighs> Back to my original... Because here's the thing. Uh, if you... And I think they've done, like, dumb, stupid internet surveys on this. And, and a lot of people agree with that quote. Just by itself, right? Just by itself, money can't buy you happiness. Which I think is really dumb. Here's the thing. I think there's real there's way too many dumb people in the world like if you if you know me mm-hmm. like i have i've made this like very very clear and i read something like that and i'm just like people are trying to get way too deep about this and i i read that and i'm just like no money can 100 percent buy you happiness and if you are looking for another word you should have used another word there um because that is just not the word to use like i don't know money can buy you pleasure no, pleasure, but happiness. is pleasure happiness? I can see a definition where pleasure no, no, no. is not happiness. Money can buy you happiness. It can't buy you that, like, what you're talking about. Like, you're having this, like, this, like hate fest on the word happiness, but then you keep using the word happiness, right? Like, if you want to define stuff, then you can't use the word happiness. You can't circularly define it and then say, this ain't it. Well, no, no right? I'm not saying it's circularly defining it. I'm saying they're looking for fulfillment. But they, they think that, like, fulfillment uh like they're they're inserting something in there that isn't in there i'm not like I, right, I, I but, but why isn't it in there like why why do you think you know what happiness means you know i mean that's if if you're saying that everybody's definition of happiness is different then then i don't know no 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 i'm saying i'm saying there's probably a way that people like think of the word happiness i'm gonna go to or like happy right happy yeah because happy is the word for dictionary definition and like i'm I'm curious about this because i think of happiness very differently than you okay happiness this is from the first google uh feeling or showing pleasure or contentment which is what uh what you're getting at yes um too fortunate and convenient that's right yes yeah but convenient well but that fortunate okay okay i guess but fortunate yes fortunate which comes from fortune (laughs) like you having things right well, it's actually the other way around. Fortunate comes like like the the, the word fortune uh, to mean money comes from fortune. Right, right. You have had good. Sorry, you luck. have had good opportunities, right? Yes. So, so like fortune. Now, I'm not gives saying you money. Come, not I'm, money I'm, I'm gives from you the fortune. Tie there. It's the tie there. But you have had good fortune. You were fortunate. Good opportunity. You know, resources. Okay, okay, these, you know what, the dictionary, I, I, I'll give you this, the, the dictionary definition of happy is more in tune with what you think happiness is than that, what I think happiness is. That's what I'm saying, is. that's what I'm saying, because you were like, oh, like, you know, you're putting your definition, I'm like, no, 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 I, I, I'm not running away from the definition, mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. using it, I yep, am yep, yep. using it, that's why I've been saying but, this entire okay. time. So, so this quote is viewing happiness in a different way than the dictionary. That's my entire point, this entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't get it because that's not how I have like ever viewed like or not like that's most of what I think of when I think of happiness is not like ice cream. I guess I think of ice cream always as as pleasure. Um, right. But the dictionary definition very much so is about what I said, right? Pleasure, safety, contentment, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to like that higher spiritual fulfillment life mm-hmm. fulfillment whatever it is and people equate it with that in which case my view is like just use that then 
you know, just use that. And then I think we can have a discussion. But everybody has this saying, it's like money can't buy happiness. I'm just like, ah, nope, 100% wrong. Nope, mm -mm, nope, 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 100% wrong. Um, let me, uh, if you guys are interested in this, you're listening to this, you're like, oh, it's an interesting uh, discussion. Um, Arthur Brooks, the guy I brought before, he's like literally the, the person in the current academia that has studied the most on this and goes on about it. You just Google any of the articles he's written, any of the books he's written, it'll be a good read. Uh, but one of the recent articles is actually March 22nd, uh, it was March 24th of 2022 is when he published this. Uh, so it's very recent. Uh, and it's titled Choose Enjoyment Over Pleasure. It's on The Atlantic. Uh, I've been a subscriber to The Atlantic for, for many years, uh, basically since they started asking me to be to, to, for money. <laughs> and uh, I think it's a great publication overall. Uh, but um, he, And he splits the definition between pleasure and enjoyment when it comes to happiness, with pleasure being the base level pleasures that Merps is calling happiness. And the, the dictionary calls happiness, um, uh, like ice cream, as an example, or sex. And or just... He, Sitting in an air-conditioned room, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, exactly, that kind of stuff. It's like something that happens to you. You're like extracting a resource from something, whether it's it's causing the serotonin spike, right? It's like sugar. Um, I mean, literally, it's like sugar, but also it, it meets your mind like a sugar spike where it's a temporary form of energy. But instead, you should pursue things that give you more protein kind of energy and other kinds of more long-lasting energies than the sugar because sugar is widely known as kind of like the worst kind of, of energy um because uh, it crashes right like and that's that's the bad part um literally in your mind your chemicals once you become happy from ice cream you will be sad from ice cream you can't you can't change that that's just all chemical the reason ice cream makes you happy is that it will also make you sad much later, but not like as sad as you were happy. It's like one large spike of happiness, and then you're overall like like a plus ten in happiness, and then later on you're gonna be like minus one for like you know ten hours later on, right? To balance it out. But and whenever in, you look in the mirror, minus <laughs> one. Okay, I was I wasn't even talking about that. I was just talking about literally your brain chemistry's reaction to the ice cream, but enjoyment arthur brooks has separated out to something different than pleasure and different even than our like than what we were talking about fulfillment um of like high like a life purpose enjoyment is it's almost like giving and it's working on something it's the pleasure you get from working on something like let's say you're a teacher and you teach something or let's say you're making some art it's the process of making the art where it's actually work it's anything that you have to put work into where you're not just extracting a resource for a serotonin spike. Because there's a lot of things that just are you're either extracting a resource for a serotonin spike or you're preventing something like excessive heat with the air conditioning that will drop your serotonin and make you very uncomfortable. Instead, you are working on something and during the work, you may feel pleasure, you may feel pain, right? Like Murphs works out a lot. Um, it's painful. Uh, but later on, having accomplished a thing that creates the level of enjoyment, right? So overall, Murphs will say, I enjoy working out. I get enjoyment from it. Even though at any particular moment, it could be like just very painful. And if you even it all out, the happiness slash pleasure of working out is, is like for me, it would be hugely in the negative. But I think even for Murphs is generally in the negative. But it's more than balanced out by the enjoyment. And that enjoyment is that higher level 
like, I mean, it's not life's purpose higher level, but it's higher level enough that it'll make you feel good about yourself, your existence, and what part of what I would think of as happiness, right? Not necessarily like purpose of life level, but right. at least the pursuit of happiness in the U.S. Constitution, happiness. Because I don't read pursuit of happiness in the U.S. Constitution as like, I should be able to eat ice cream cones. Like, that's, I just don't think that's what it means. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, so if you're playing, and you know, tying it back to Hearthstone, if you're playing Hearthstone, uh, there's great moments of serotonin spikes. That's all gambling is, right? Hearthstone is gambling. Uh, great moments of serotonin spikes, great moments of serotonin dips. All of that will even out eventually over the course of the next week uh, after you get the spikes, probably over the course of the next day. Uh, but if you are building towards something, like you are working on getting better at the arena, you are working at understanding math more, you are working at understanding relationship between things, pattern recognition, you know, normal stuff humans do um, that, that constitute work on a project in, in our minds. Uh, like your brain doesn't care if you're doing art or if you're doing Hearthstone. Like it's it's as long as you're doing something, um, yeah, you know, and and you get to some kind of result, uh, you feel enjoyment. So, so yes. Uh, did you want to finish something? Uh, no, I'm, okay. I'm good. Two things, <clears throat> because I, look, whenever we have a discussion similar to this, and if you if you guys don't know, uh, one of the reasons to watch a stream is we always have discussions like this after the podcast. Things get a little <laughs> bit weird during that time. Things sometimes get really weird, but these are typical discussions. Number number one, uh, and I hear this a lot whenever we have this sort of discussion. People will be like, oh, you know, you guys are defining it this way, but we should really challenge or, or like, uh, you know, I have a different definition. No, the reason why Adokta went on about the definitions and then why he like sort of conceded, he's like, okay, I get what you mean is mm -hmm. – uh, if you want to introduce the thing, it's like, oh, we need we should challenge what words mean. Okay, then the question should establish that right then and there. But if you're entering the arena and the arena has rules, you stick mm -hmm. by those rules mm -hmm. unless before or right when you enter the game, as in you ask the question, you challenge the rules right then and there. That's just we're going to simple this down, like simplify this down to a game right here. Cause I, people love to do this. They're like, well, mm. they're like, actually, it's like, it's so much more complicated. I, I, I'm not accusing anybody of like trying to like, you know, put on their glasses and be like, well, actually, but it, it just comes off that way in, in the Twitter, like TikTok world that, that we're in, everybody tries to make it more complicated. No, 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 no. When a question is asked, you are entering some sort of arena in mm -hmm. which we agree that the words used are the definition that we as a society have established mm -hmm. unless you establish common right usage then and there. definition yes unless so, you establish right then and there that you are challenging it which is which is fair but you got to challenge it right then and there and so i'm assuming that everybody who answers it and you can say well everybody who answers it is stupid and i, I would probably agree with you then that's fine that's fair but then we're talking about something else but we can't do that okay we can't do that we can't we can't go with the oh definitions are so complex yeah like if you look at a court which is probably the most oh going down into it thinking about it too hard when a court looks at a contract it's going to take 
like first any kind of actual meaning that's been already established in the law like there's law that says this word is this definition in a contract uh that's going to take that then it's going to use anything that is of common practice within the group that the contract applies to so like if a bunch of like woodworkers are getting together making a contract uh, the word i don't know happy may mean 10 pieces of wood rather than what normal people think the word happy means. I don't know. I'm not a woodworker. Uh, but then if you write that in a contract, that's how it'll be interpreted. They won't be like, well, you owe them 10 pieces of happiness. It's like, no, he's going to own wood because that's what they mean by it. Um, but if, if none of those exist, then they're just going to go down to what common usage is. So that's why I conceded it because I thought common usage was, was like pursuit of happiness, common usage of happy, but it is not apparently. <laughs> the dictionary is very clear that it is pleasure, which, it's you know, pleasure, like, safety, and comfort. Yep. All those mm-hmm. things. Like I boil yep. it down to what we have at, 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 you know, the dictionary definition have defined as happiness. And I would say, well, you know, that, that is a lot of happiness. That's not fulfillment mm. though. That's not mm-hmm. like that. That is not fulfillment. Uh, so, you know, that's why we, we want to uh, break that down. But also because uh, people are bringing it up, um, you know, both of us are aware of that, the study. Right. And everybody knows the study. Yeah. What, what's the magic number? They, they say that if you make more than well, like 70,000, it's like that was back then. It's probably 100,000. Yeah, it's probably like 100,000. <laughs> but let, let's just say that uh, they they did a study in which uh, and yes, both of us are aware of this. We just spent like a lot of time talking about it's like what is happiness versus what is yeah kind because of fulfilled. This, but yes we are aware of that study but, and but this study yeah. is is flawed well it's not flawed but it's just it is what it is right it's talking about people's self-reported happiness so they get to define happiness however they want and this makes sense to Merps's whole thing if you take Merps's definition which is the wide definition of happiness which is why most people view happiness that way it's the baseline happiness, once you establish your comfort, you can buy whatever you want. If you make $100,000 a year, like, you, and you're not, like, saving hard for retirement, uh, and you don't have, like, significant dependence uh, on you, you can do almost whatever you want. Like, I lived in New York City. New York City, by myself, in a one-bedroom apartment in a luxury high-rise. Uh, I mean, this wasn't today, right? This was, like, five years ago, ten years ago. Um, but I had never spent, and I went out and I don't really watch what I do with my money, um, back then. Um, cause I was, uh, just out of school and I was making a crap ton of money. So it didn't really matter, but I had to do taxes and I did my finances at the end of every year and just not a single year did I even come close to using a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you're also kind of a goblin. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And I was working a lot, which cuts down on a lot of time that I may have had to actually spend money. So, you know, you are not also the perfect example. Like, for example, you like to eat, but you, you just drink a lot of uh, Coke Zero and you like pasta. A lot of right? Coke Zero. Yeah, you drink My a lot Coke of Coke Zero. My Coke Zero budget. By the way, they increased the price of Coke, like Coke, just general sodas because of inflation. Yeah, they did. It's really hitting my things, bottom line. Things are just getting more expensive. Uh, but it, it, here's the thing. Uh, and when I look at that study as well, I'm like, I think once again, they're talking more about fulfillment. And here, my whole entire point is like, when we talk about these things, I wish they would use fulfillment more. The mm-hmm. entire point is that past a certain point, once you are comfortable, once you're not looking over your shoulder, once you don't have to worry, it's like, oh, if I don't get the, 
you know, my check for this pay period, um, things are going to go bad, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, if I run into a major health issue, uh, I might be screwed. That's terrible. That's a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, once you get past that point, like, you know, like to a fairly significant margin, then uh, you're good to go and you won't get more fulfillment. That's how I read it. Because here's the thing. Yep. I'm very comfortable <laughs> right now. Would I be more comfortable if I had a personal masseuse and a personal chef? Yes, I would be happier. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now. I would be happier. Um, I, I am very content driving my uh, 2012 Civic. Would I be happier with a brand new car? Yes, I would be absolutely happier. N- Natasha is right next to me. She is like, yes, I, I, I too would also be happier. Are you buying a new car? New car. I, my, my lease is up on my Civic. Uh, so both me and Merce barely drive Civics. Uh, but uh, my, my, I had a three-year lease on my Civic to tie me over after moving out of New York into Charlotte, which is pretty suburban. Uh, but that's coming up next month. And so... Uh, I was like trying to figure out what to buy, but apparently I can't buy any cars because they're all absurdly expensive. It's second-handed right now, and the new ones won't come for like half a year to a year. So I'm a little out of options. I may just like upgrade to an Accord or something. Yeah. Uh, so once again, this entire conversation is boiling down to me being like, okay, everybody needs to stop using the word happiness and go into fulfillment. And that study, uh, and, and I, look, here's the thing. Uh, I sometimes I actually read the base study. I didn't read this base study. So maybe they actually use different words. And of course, you know, Buzzfeed and all of these things Mm -hmm. are going to use the word happiness because that's what they assume everybody, you know, like is going to read and understand. We got to change this up, man, Mm because money can a hundred percent buy you happiness by the way that society has defined happiness. But for some reason people, yeah. Like, I, I think that's also because there's there's probably this divide between uh, what people in common parlance use as the word happiness and what intellectuals sure. who actually discuss this in super deep depth and like do surveys and scientific methods and like stuff on this are defined are more prone to defining happiness to be focused on the uh, the higher fulfillment level happiness than, than the ice cream happiness. But the, the, so the, there is a field. The study of happiness is a academic field right now. I keep talking about Arthur Brooks because he kind of pioneered the field back in the day. But by now it's a full-fledged, like, you know, whole field with a lot of money in it. Because as you can imagine, because of this quote, getting back to a money can't buy you happiness. Money can't buy you that upper level fulfillment. So a lot of people with a lot of money are spending a lot of money to pursue, to, you know, feed this study. I'm also um, going to say something really morbid here. And it, it's kind of, con- <laughs> um, I think it's also what people want to believe uh, because they're in a bad situation. And, and I'm not saying this as in like, uh, like, uh, like poor people want to believe that money can't buy you happiness because they don't got money. Yeah, I think that's part of it, which is really sad, which is like, uh, but it, it, it's sort of just like, oh, I'm, I'm not missing out on anything. Right. Um that that kind of a thing uh i think part of it is also like that or or people who like don't like the situation that they're in um may not want to believe it's like oh you know i'm like i'm missing out on that much um it's also part of the reason why for example like uh people like or um uh, this is boomer me you know mentioning something like the national Enquirer, but it's the reason why people love that kind of stuff so much 
um, it's like, oh, rich people's lives suck, right? Uh, there's mm-hmm. a bit of shouting for Yeah, I mean, I love watching Secession. I love it. But, like, they're all terribly unhappy, obviously. That's the whole point of the show. Right. And it's <laughs> sort of like, oh, well, first of all, um, that's what I have seen, right? Like, rich people have a lot of problems. And, yeah, it's like they have a lot of problems. Um, but also, it's like, you know, I, because they realize that they will probably not reach there, uh, I think some people would like to believe that, like, yeah, it's just bad, so I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Or at least it's just unnecessary, right? Like, even if it's not necessarily bad, it's like, I could live... And, and you can. Money doesn't affect... I mean, it's not that it doesn't affect, but, like, you can achieve the highest level of happiness without any money, obviously, because people do it all the time. Um, but it's not a prescriptive thing, right? It's not... I think some I agree with you. I think some some poor people look at it and goes like, "Wow, money corrupts, right?" Like this that's pervasive sense that as you get more money, maybe you actually get less happy. Not just that it stops helping, and I think what it is is that it stops helping, I, or the help. It's a slope, right? So at some point you're just like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, it's not really helping the happiness part. It may help some other stuff part. It may make things easier for me to like. Maybe you have seven years to figure your life out mentally, and uh, if a rich person will have twenty years, right? But you still gotta, you still gotta do do the. Both people have to do the work. That's that's my view on it on on how money works. But I don't think money is ever actually bad in and of itself. Uh, to your happiness or your higher level fulfillment. Um, if anything, like it, it frees you up to wonder about these things. Um, either because, and, and it's not just money's doing that. It's also money with your wants, right? Murph talks about how I live the weird life, but how much money means to you is how much you spend versus how much you like make or have depending on what stage of your your life you're in so if you generally just get to a point where like Merv says like oh i'll be happier if i have personal masseuses and personal chefs i wouldn't i would not be happier with a personal masseuse or a personal chef why because i would have to manage them sure like that's my example i mean you for you like you can figure out I think quite a few things about your life that would be improved with money, right? Like that would make you happy. I I would need to set up like very specific things. uh, But even if it's something that I enjoy at a certain point, just the fact that I like, let's not talk about personal business. Let's just talk about like owning people, right? That was supposed to be the, the top tier, whether you own a serf or a servant or a slave. That was like one of the top tier wealth things back in the day and today in many places. Um, but that's just, a, that's a lot of a headache. I much prefer my current life and uh, I can have way more servants now than I do. Uh, I mean, I have no servants now because, because of COVID and brand new won't let me get a servant. Um, but when I was, when I was busier and living alone, I had, I had cleaners. Like we don't think of them as servants, uh, in the traditional, like historical sense, but that's what they are, right? They're people who have a business who come and serve you. The line between servant and business is is very blurry um like today we think of a servant as essentially like a a full-time business that just serves you which is kind of the definition of a, a business is just a servant for many different people and you pull your resources to get served you still have a servant you still have to do a, some amount of management 
Um, <laughs> in chat, Adelik does an, the chat says, Adelik does analysis of what is wrong with slavery. The hassle. That's my analysis of why I wouldn't have been a slave owner. Like, if, if I, like, maybe if I, like, was one, I would remain one because I would have gotten used to it. But I, I really don't think I would have because of the hassle. Like, that's just not, I don't live a complicated enough life that that would be helpful to me. Um, and I can also put up with longer periods of, like, just being dirty and living in a dirty place. It just, I don't notice it. So, okay. <clears throat> uh let's let's finish this up because we've been doing this longer than we have the actual uh thing uh and this is what happens when, when you get us down this pathway but yeah like if i were to answer the question simply and i've said this many times uh for me the answer is a resounding yes because i think that's the way that everybody should answer the question as in i don't if you are defining it another way I think that you are doing so in you're taking liberties that you shouldn't be taking there. Now, if you want to argue about the fulfillment, I think we're probably in agreement there. Um, and if you're thinking Merps, like, you know, people can just define it however they want. That's a strong no for me. I know that's even a stronger <laughs> way for you as well. Like, just, it's uh, like we should if people can define it however they want then what are the purpose of words how do you ask yeah. a question all the all of this is meaningless then like the premise of you asking a question means that you think words have meaning which means you can't just define it however you want you could disagree about the definition but uh i, I think at that point you have to specify like merp said before you ask the question if you're going if you're going beyond what is common norms. And I think a lot of miscommunication happens on that just as well. Like for me, like I just, I would have, if you told me to define happiness and guess what the dictionary definition of happiness is, I would have guessed it was so much more complicated than what it actually no, is. No, it's not. It's, it's, it really isn't. I thought you knew it. Like, I, <laughs> no, no. I thought it would mention everything. Like I thought it would just list all the things that people consider under the umbrella of happiness. And it did not. It was very like narrow. No, that's because that's not what happiness is. That's the way that we have defined it as in, uh, and this is why you have like higher words, right? In my opinion, mm -hmm. like higher words, um, like fulfillment or even something like, um, I don't, it's like satisfaction is different from happiness in, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, even though that's like a lower level than something like fulfillment, like that, that's different than happiness. Yeah. Like satisfaction. satisfaction is, is like, uh, uh, what was the word we were using before from, from Arthur Brooks? Enjoyment, right? Satisfaction yeah. Yeah, is yeah. like enjoyment. So you have uh, pleasure at the bottom in terms of base instinct, sugar. Then you have, uh, uh, I keep forgetting this word, enjoyment as that mid-level, like, I don't know, maybe your proteins. And then you have higher level fulfillment as, I don't know what that would be, your veggies or something? I don't know. <laughs> sure. <sighs> sure. Uh, the fulfillment is kind of like, you know, when you see those Hollywood scenes, it's like, did the person die yeah. smiling on their death? Exactly. Right? That's, that's yep. the ultimate. It's like, did they die being like, wow, my life was fantastic. Uh, and then happiness is the person laying on the beach being like, this is great. Like, I'm, I am very comfortable, you know, not, nothing to, to worry about here. So, no. okay, yes. All right, all right, all right. That's so, it, that's it. So, final answer. Money can't buy you happiness. False. 
False. That is the question from the GOAT. Money can buy you happiness. Yeah. And I am happy that we can reach a definitive conclusion. And for those of you who like thought, and uh, I don't know if the original asker, uh, whose name is Happy. Happy dude. So, because whenever somebody asks this, I think they're think like they expect an answer of like, well, it's complicated. It's not complicated. It's not. (laughs) The the answer is 110% that statement is false for the definition that I have laid out to you. And I don't hear that enough. So take that to the bank. It's 100% false. Boom. We're done. All right. It's a question from the GOAT brought to you by Happy Dude. Uh, also, our patrons at patreon.com slash grinninggoat. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and uh, tune back in for next week's super giant eight plus hour podcast that um, is probably uh, uh, that will have visual accompaniments to it as we show you all the cards, especially the uh, the core set, the whole new set, everything. We're going to value them. We're going to talk about them. If they tell us the meta, we'll also talk about the meta. But I think more so than what we normally even do uh, in the modern era, where we don't know what the offering rates are and everything. If they don't tell us what even what sets are even in, we are not going to analyze at all the meta because we just will have zero idea of what the meta will be, um, and we'll just focus on on the cards and a generic meta. All that is coming up next week. Until then, this is Advicta. This is Merp. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.